0: Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast. In case you guys didn't know, I'm really trying to work on growing my social media presence, either on Instagram and on Twitter. So make sure you guys give me a follow over there of at Jason Hill is both handles. It's also in the show description. It's a quick way to link over. This is the best way to also ask me about questions or topics you would like future podcasts on. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. It has a lot of these topics just in video format. It's just another medium for you guys to check it out. And so that is a good way to also get some jujitsu help. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. My name is Jason Hill, in case you guys don't already know. Hopefully, you guys are having a good week so far. So I'm going to jump right into the topic today of talking about um, training dummies or even uh, training partners, or really how do we get the most out of drilling? And the reason why I wanted to talk about, talk about this topic is because I literally just finished filming a, um, a mount instructional from the top position, talking about a uh, positions and, and controls and everything like this. But I actually used a grappling dummy to film it all, and um, I was using the Grappling Smarty 2.0 which I did a whole other podcast and a YouTube video breaking down that kind of training dummy. So if you guys are interested in that, um, you can go check that out and see what it looks like. And the reason why I did that is because, number one, I didn't have a a partner that I could round up that day and I really needed to get this done for my coaching group online to to give them some resources on on some problems that they had been having. And it was really cool because this dummy I was able to really actually teach a lot of the details because it's built like a, a, um, a person. It's, it's more or less, it's not like one of those mummy ones where they're really hard to move. So, but what this got me really thinking about was this idea of when I was sitting here playing with it, you know, I filmed a whole hour long mount attack instructional from it and going over like, how do we actually use this dummy to efficiency or effectiveness? And what was really crazy is I felt myself talking a lot about the same points as I do whenever we're drilling in group classes with an actual live person and um, in in the group class environment. So I'm going to kind of talk about the difference on what it's like obviously using a dummy versus drilling with a live training partner and then which one is obviously more beneficial and and then going into this idea about the difference between drilling and sparring and all this kind of stuff. So all of this stuff just was flooding into my brain whenever I was uh, shooting this. You know, I get, I have probably pretty bad ADHD most likely. So um, when I get a thought, I have to kind of put it out there or else it just kind of drifts into the fairy dust wind. So you guys are the, uh, I don't know, some of you would consider it the beneficiary of hearing it. And some of you might consider it being the curse of listening to my ramblings. But anyway, so let's talk about this. So what I did is I first when I filmed this um, instructional, I literally started with an intro talking about how to use this training dummy. And like I said, it very much mirrored a lot of the stuff that I say when we talk about uh, a drilling partner. So let's let's break down the similarities and obviously the differences. So whenever you're drilling, whether it's with a dummy or a training partner the idea is is that you want to be drilling the technique as 100% correct as possible. And the reason for that is is because what you're trying to really do is bake into our neural pathways these step by step, you know, step 1, step 2, step 3, step 4 techniques and understand the grip, the configuration, which one comes first, which step comes second, uh, you know, the order of operation ideas, you're trying to bake them into your brain and you don't want to be doing that against heavy resistance, especially the first time you learn something, right? So this is the similarity between a training dummy and a r- real partner. Obviously the biggest difference is if I'm doing an americana for an example, I'm drilling the americana on the training dummy, you know, it's not going to tap, you know, it's not going to give me a resistance based feeling of it, but with a partner, they, they can give me that feedback, but they're going to also complain if I continue to do 200 Americanas on them, you know, their shoulders not going to withhold. So the dummy, I can definitely go through all the steps and all the checklist as many times as I want baking that information into my brain versus my training partner, I'm getting that feedback that can tell me if my grip feels light or my grip is not correct, or I feel like my wrists are in the right position or my arms aren't in the right position, right? So there's, there's a lot of uh, benefits to a training partner and obviously the training partner is going to be better, but you can still use the training dummy for the step by step getting those pieces in. What I see so many people say is when they talk about either using a training dummy or even drilling, I've heard this argument for both, is that it's not valuable because the training dummy is not valuable because there's no resistance, which there's a point to that. But then when you're drilling with a stagnant person, in static drilling, well, they're not probably giving you much resistance either. Yeah, you're getting the natural resistance of their body, but they shouldn't be giving you a lot of resistance when drilling either. So the argument that I give is if your goal is just to bake that information in and drill the steps that, that you need to do over and over and over again like a thousand times because you're relatively newer to jiu-jitsu or maybe you're trying to work a newer technique and you can't ever hit it in sparring so you need someone who is non-resisting to be able just to go through the steps and go through the motions – then that's definitely where a dummy can come into handy. And the good thing about the dummy is that they don't complain, right? You can do it at 2 a.m. in the morning. You don't have to recruit them to come over. Um, You know, they probably live at your house or whatever. So if you're just using the training dummy like that, it's very valuable. What I see people mistake using the training dummy for is they just use it almost like a weight where they're like lifting it and throwing it and going through everything as fast as possible. And they're not using it like a checklist. You're not going through the idea of like you are really doing it on an actual partner that's sitting in front of you. I think if you guys can do that, you'd get a lot more value. Now, definitely it depends on the type of training dummy. Like if you're on one of those ones that's kind of like a mummy and the arms don't really bend and they're pretty straight and it's hard to do anything with, then 100% it's going to be very challenging for you to pretend like it's it's real life. That's why I really like the grappling smarty one that I used in this instructional because it's by far the closest to an actual human that I have seen. Um, I was using the stuffed one, which means that it weighed about 50 pounds. Um, it came pre-stuffed. You can order it unstuffed. It's a lot cheaper that way, but it's a pain in the butt or the pain in the ass to really stuff it. So just as a heads up on that, make sure you take that into consideration. Some people are like, yeah, but it saves me so much money. But... If you don't take the time to stuff it, then, you know, you just wasted the money versus actually using it anyway, separate conversation. But this is the same thing that it gets into whenever you're drilling. If you guys are using a drilling partner, don't just go through the motions of drilling, actually try to go through it slow, controlled and go through it step by step and go through this checklist. Like, let me give you an example. So the way that I like to teach the Americana is I will keep my arms. uh, I grab the arm, so I'm grabbing uh, the wrist and I'm grabbing the elbow and I'm pushing the arm to the ground, keeping the L shape. Then I drop my north hand, so basically the one that's on the wrist. I drop my elbow by their neck and then my other hand is going to go underneath their elbow, palm up so my fingers are scraping underneath of their tricep. and then I connect my hand to the wrist and I keep my head down and then I'm going to pull the elbow as far down as I can. Then I lift their elbow up while keeping their hand, pressed to the ground, right? So I just gave you guys the step-by-step idea of doing an Americana. So if you've done that before, you can probably envision that. But when I'm drilling on a training partner, I'm going through each of those steps like that. Now, this is much easier maybe for me to do than other people. And it's not because I'm a black belt necessarily. Um, That's how I was taught. I was very fortunate that my instructor who taught me very much broke things down step-by-step in the beginning, um, I understand the new thing right now and the fabulous thing in jujitsu is all these principles and concepts, which I agree with there. There's a, that's a very important to learn, but the problem with principles and concepts is if you don't have them baked into examples, it's very hard to retain the principles and concepts. So like, for example, when people talk about framing or this idea of leverage or this idea of uh, being on your side and everything Um, those are very good concepts and ideas to understand, but if you just say, Hey, get on your side, but you have no idea which techniques involve getting on your side and you don't know all the dangers that can happen. If you're not on your side, then it doesn't make that concept bake into your brain as much. We, we, we don't learn like that. That's why you've learned the alphabet first. And then you learn how the, uh, letters make noises and how they sound phonetically. Then you build uh, small words and you build sentences and you build paragraphs. If you try to apply concepts, um, for some people, they, they might be able to do it. But what I've seen is that's kind of like trying to teach a student, the alphabet, and also the first day that they learn the alphabet, uh, you're, you're not having them already start to write words and sentences. You're trying to combine a lot of stuff in the beginning versus when you do it the step by step, and then you're kind of introducing them to these concepts, then um, it starts to bake in. And then later on, I hit more heavy conceptual stuff as they get into their, you know, blue belt career, or purple belt career, and then they can start applying it that way. So in my opinion, that's how I think is, is how people should learn in the beginning of their career. Um, now, definitely, if you're the opposite, if you learned all conceptually first, and you were able to master that, then uh, kudos to you. Um, I've just never been successful at conveying that information. Maybe I'm a terrible teacher and uh, your teacher was much better than me. But step-by-step is usually how I prefer to teach students in the beginning. So when you're drilling step-by-step, it's super important that you go through that checklist idea. And so it's the same thing with the training dummy. A training dummy becomes a lot less valuable if you're literally only using it for like a workout or going through the motions as fast as you can like uh, guard passing drills or all these things like those, those are very valuable. But if you're a struggling jiu-jitsu student that is really looking for some more help and guidance and trying to figure out what you should be training and the next steps in your jitsu journey, I have an online program called the Jitsu blueprint for lifelong development. Make sure you hit me up at jasonhill.com and I do an interview to make sure that you're a good fit. Make sure the program would actually benefit you so that way your time's not wasted and neither is mine. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast and we'll get on to the episode. Those are more kind of a workout and just to get the footwork right. But like the Americana that I talked about, about understanding that where you're going and the step and step in the order by order direction, then that training dummy becomes twice as valuable. And so does your training partner in that drilling time. So really think about that because what happens is, is when you're, dr- when you're drilling, you're taking in and transferring the, the new information that you've learned into knowledge, into long-term knowledge. So let me give you an example of that. The first time that you learned the Americana, right, you probably drilled it a couple times in class. But then if you woke up the next day, you might be able to only articulate or demonstrate maybe 30%, 40% if you're really lucky, um, so that's still very low level uh, knowledge. It's still knowledge. You can do it better than you did the other day, but you, you still are missing a large amount of pieces. I like to say that it's not knowledge until you can get it about 80% right, 90% right on a consistent basis. And what I mean by that is the steps, right? You can, you know, all of the steps If this move has six steps, you do uh, five of the steps in the perfect order. And maybe you left out six of them, or you maybe left out one, one out of the six, and um, you know you know majority of it, and then you go through. Um, so that would be very good knowledge of, of that move. And so that drilling, even in group class or with a training partner, that's the most powerful thing that drilling does for you is bake that move into that long-term memory, and you solidifying the steps. That's why it's important whenever you're drilling to make sure you're hitting all the steps 100%, because in live training. It rarely ever works like that. You're rarely ever hitting 100% of the steps, or they're 100% correct. Like maybe your grip wasn't 100% correct, or your foot went in the wrong spot at the wrong time. But what's so cool about Jiu Jitsu is that a lot of times, even if you only do the move at 50% efficient or effectiveness, it still works against a lot of people. That's why it's one of the best things for a self-defense-based martial art because you don't have to be an expert, quote-unquote an expert, a black belt or a really high-level person to be able to use it to defend yourself. You just need to know a lot of the knowledge and have that down and done it to some skill proficiency for it to be effective in self-defense. Now, the problem becomes is when do I stop drilling a move Versus trying it in sparring. And that's the hard thing that everyone has a hard time understanding. Once you can drill that move, and you can get it to like 100% or 90% like pretty effectively, especially if you have a training dummy or a partner that you drill with on a regular basis. Now that drilling, it doesn't really do anything um as much if it does not as effective of drilling if you know all of the steps already and you can remember them and you're not getting deer in the headlights while rolling now it's time to take that move into the workshop into the weight room and start developing it against resistance so you're training partners and rolling um hodger gracie had a really good interview on lex friedman so i encourage you guys to go check it out and that's what he talked about he said that basically as you become more skilled in jujitsu, the the drilling becomes less effective because what happens is you already have so much information and you're already so knowledge proficient. What you need to do is develop your skill and you do that in sparring and enrolling. Now you've got to do that even at lower levels too. But what happens is that the relationship changes. I actually was talking with a white belt student of mine the other day, and we were talking about this, and he was having a hard time understanding what I was saying. So I had to literally, I'm that old guy that gets a piece of paper out and starts drawing it for him. And what I basically showed him is if you had three categories talking about information, knowledge, and then skill, or basically um, uh, you could say information is learning and then knowledge is drilling, right? Making that information become knowledge. And then rolling is skill, right? So you have those three categories. If I had to give a percent to them, at White Belt, like it should probably be pretty much 40% learning of new information and taking in information, 40% drilling of transferring that information into knowledge, and then 20% sparring because you're going to um, slow yourself down if you're sparring and you're missing a lot of those step-by-step details, right? Now, I don't know this for a fact. I'm not giving you guys hard numbers. I'm just going to show you the difference here. But then what happens at the next belt, if, for example, you go now, it goes instead of 40, 40, 20, it might go 30% knowledge at blue belt or 30% information, 30% knowledge. And then what would that be? And now 40% might be sparring at blue belt. Now that might be a little bit high, but then it continues to go up. And then even at black belt, if you wanted to say that, or a very high skill level, Toward the end, they're probably going to be doing majority, 90% to 80% is going to be more sparring and doing resistance versus drilling. They have a lot less need for drilling and learning new information because they've learned so much. Also, here's the kicker. The reason why they don't have to do it as much is because they've already been able to They're they're drilling. They they can remember the moves a lot faster than a brand new white belt because they've already learned so much about jujitsu. They've already learned so much about training that they only maybe need to spend an hour a total time drilling a technique, where a brand new white belt might have to spend five hours drilling a brand new technique because the upper belt has learned so much stuff and they've already they're taking over uh, other information from what they've previously learned into baking that into their long-term information, right? So these are all these thoughts that were popping into my head about when I was filming this instructional on this grappling smarty and on this training dummy. It was like, man, there were so many similarities that I saw where students poorly use a training dummy and they poorly use their training partners. They almost go hand in hand. And that's why students just skip to sparring because they either can't find a good training partner They've never really been taught how to drill effectively. So it's just, what? It's just a lot easier to go out and start sparring because that's, uh yeah, I'm kind of getting better. I'm getting a workout. I have to get better if I'm getting a workout in and I'm fighting other grown people. Yeah, yeah, you'll get better, but you're going to be missing a lot of stuff, right? So anyway, that's my tangent for today. That's it for this episode. Let me know what you guys think. Also, if you guys are interested in... um you know, an instructional like that, and you think that you would actually pay money for it, you know, please let me know. Let me know if you'd be interested in it. I filmed it. I'm editing it right now. It's about an hour long. Um, if you're in my coaching program, you know, they get that stuff hundred percent for free, um, because that's part of the deal. But you know, for you guys, if, if maybe you're interested in just in that, on the drills that I like to teach on this, uh, training dummy, then that might be something uh, good for you to do. So with anyway, with that, um, you guys have a good week, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Take it easy. If you guys are really enjoying this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it if you left me some reviews, maybe some five stars, whether you're listening to this on Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, make sure you guys leave this five stars. Leave some nice words. Also, share it with a friend. You know, I don't charge anything for these podcasts, and my goal is just to grow it and help the jiu-jitsu community. So thank you guys for supporting, and I'll see you guys later.